How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the special edition of the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining me, as always, from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, Tim Jensi. Tim, how's it going, sir? Going pretty good, and a special episode indeed, because we're going to be talking about maybe one of the more contentious players that have ever donned the Senators jersey. Absolutely, man. I mean, without question, this is an episode that I personally felt had to be done. I think we could talk a little about today's episode because today's episode is one that, quite frankly, needed to happen. This episode, we are going to be looking back and doing a deep dive into somebody who in retrospect, is one of the most polarizing figures in the history of the Ottawa Senators, especially over the last couple of years, and that person is the now former Senator Bobby Ryan. Over the past couple of weeks, the Ottawa Senators have announced that the final three players from their 2017 team that remained will be departing the franchise with Mark Borbietsky and Craig Anderson both announcing they will be hitting free agency, and Ryan became the final player to depart when the Ottawa Senators bought him out on September 26. You know, over the last seven years, many words have been used to describe Bobby Ryan and his tenure as a senator. Words like underachiever, overpaid, plug. Two words, however, I feel best represent Bobby Ryan's tenure as an Ottawa Senator. Complicated and polarizing. So, Tim... If you don't mind me just t- taking the reins here and talk a little bit about this, because i got to clarify why exactly I use the words complicated and polarizing. Well, I think the biggest reason was probably in the Players' Tribune article that Bobby Ryan himself wrote. Was this a very recent uh, Players' Tribune article? Uh, no, this is the one from after the 2017 playoffs where he spoke in very deep detail about his personal life which makes it very complicated. Very much so. So, like I said, the two words that I'm using to describe his tenure is complicated and polarizing. Complicated, to me, is referring to the relationship that Senators fans had with Bobby Ryan. And at times, Bobby Ryan had with us. We've always had a complicated relationship with Bobby. For as critical as we were of Bobby Ryan, the player... There wasn't a single guy on the Ottawa Senators whom we wanted to see succeed more. We wanted him to so badly succeed because we knew he had the talent on the ice, but also because we knew what kind of person he was off of it. And over the past couple of years, Bobby Ryan's life has been very challenging. From revealing his family was on the run during his childhood due to his father being wanted by the police, to losing his mother to liver cancer to his recent battles with alcoholism and eventual panic attack, which forced him into rehab. Ryan's relationship with us, though, was also complicated. Because he was always active in the Ottawa community, he did so much for charity in the market, but at the same time received so much harassment from fans on social media that Bobby Ryan ended up deactivating his social media accounts. The other word I'm going to use here is polarizing. Why I'm using the word polarizing, because I feel it's the word that best refers to how the fans felt of Bobby Ryan 
the player, and Bobby Ryan, the person. Because to an outsider who is to view Sen's Twitter for a number of years, you might have gotten the impression that Bobby Ryan was greatly disliked by the fans on a level not seen since the days of Alexei Yashin or Danny Healy. And that is not true in the slightest. The fan base's opinion of Ryan the player and Ryan the person were two very, very different things. One thing that is true regarding Bobby the player is that the fans' criticism of him was not unmerited. Because when Ryan arrived in Ottawa in 2013, fan expectation was high given that he came off four 30-goal seasons in Anaheim, and that's not the player that we got. Well, on top of that, Daniel Alfredson had just left in free agency. So Bobby Ryan came in in a situation where he was expected to really take up that top-line right-wing role that Alfredson had occupied for many, many years. So the expectations were high both on his past performance and the role he was brought in to fulfill. Very true. And on the flip side, though, the fan base's opinion of Bobby Ryan the person was rarely negative. For a number of years, it was not uncommon to see social media posts talking about fans running into Bobby at, say, a gas station or a restaurant or just running into him on the street. And the posts were always about how great Bobby Ryan was. Because he was a guy who had all the time in the world for the fans to take pictures and sign autographs in a way that we're seeing today with players like Brady Tuchuk. Who, since he's since Brady Chuck has arrived, has fully embraced the city of Ottawa and the fans. So you can't tell me that the current young core of the Ottawa Senators, like the Brady DeChucks, like the Thomas Shabbats, did not see what Bobby Ryan, the person, was like and took his lead going forward. Earlier this year, Bobby Ryan returned to the team for the first time since November 2019. And this is when he revealed to the media that he had been in rehab for alcoholism. And for me in learning this, and for a lot of fans, this is where fans begin to see Bobby Ryan, the player, in a much different light. As it became clear why. Why his performance on the ice was the way it was over the past several years. And because of that, and because of everything he went through all over the last seven years... Fan, and, and then, you know, here's the thing, like for a couple, the last couple of years, Bobby Ryan was somebody who was always speculated to be traded out of town or was going to be bought out. And the fans were screaming for it. They scre- the fans so wanted Bobby Ryan to be bought out. And now in 2020, those same fans who were screaming for Bobby Ryan to be bought out are the same fans that have mixed emotions after everything he went through, after beating his demons, which led to him, him being recognized by the National Hockey League, his tenure with the Ottawa Senators is officially over. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting dynamic, and I think one of the big things is that we did touch upon is his outputs on the ice never got back to the levels that they were in Anaheim. And on top of his personal issues, one thing that definitely didn't help was uh, his repeated hand injuries. Because it seemed like every time that he was getting close to healthy, something would happen and they'd break again on the ice. And like that's not his fault, right? 
It's not. And, you know, of course, injuries are a part of the game, and we've seen it through the years with a number of players. But Bobby Ryan was a guy who, you're absolutely right, Bobby Ryan would have, say, a stretch of games where he was doing really well, he would get his hand broken again. And that and the fans always had a... Like I said, the fans had a very complicated relationship with Bobby where they would criticize him for how come he can't stay healthy. But at the same time, now that he has officially been bought out, like I said, the fans are very mixed how they truly feel now that Bobby Ryan is officially gone. And I guess the other thing that really does help these sort of mixed feelings is uh, when Bobby Ryan is on his game, he's fantastic. And uh, the 2016-2017 playoff run is still fresh in a lot of fans' minds where uh, we got two overtime winners from Bobby Ryan, including uh, it was game one against Pittsburgh and uh, game two against Boston where both were very nice goals. And the Pittsburgh one especially where... Even Bobby Ryan was like, yeah, I don't usually outspeed guys, and here I am alone, and I just finished the job. So Bobby Tim... Ryan led Ottawa forwards in uh, production, but not in goals scored. Uh, Pajot did have four, eight goals over the entire playoffs, four of which came in one game. But Bobby Ryan definitely led the way for the forwards on the Ottawa Senators in that playoff, and it really just showed you what Bobby Ryan was capable when he was able to put it all together. I absolutely agree, and there is some stuff that we we do got to touch on in this episode, and after everything that was just said, I feel the best way to continue with the episode is giving our personal thoughts on Bobby Ryan's tenure as an Ottawa Senator. As you were touching with, he had those great moments in the 2017 playoffs. My personal thoughts on Bobby Ryan, the player, is that he was a player who, when he was on, the guy was on. And that was always the thing. When you look back on the 2017 playoffs, without question, that was the best stretch of hockey Bobby Ryan played as an Ottawa center. And it's really also infuriating because that's not the player we always got. Because him, as a player, was somebody who... His play left a lot to be desired. Because you would watch him out there and the criticisms of Bobby Ryan was his lack of foot speed, his lack of intensity. You would you would watch him in these games and you would either think, as, how come Bobby Ryan's not hustling? It, it did look like his feet was cemented to the ice some nights. But then you would have nights where Bobby Ryan would just take over. And that was always, always tough for the fans because while Bobby Ryan might have had those kind of games every once in a while, it was a flash in the pan. We never truly saw that night in, night out with him. Yeah, with the exception of those 2016-2017 playoffs, which very may well, I would probably argue, some of the best hockey, probably the best hockey Bobby Ryan played in his career. I wouldn't even question that, and... That was easily the best hockey Bobby Ryan ever played because when he was in Anaheim, I'm not going to say that Bobby Ryan didn't bring it, but Bobby Ryan had quite a bit of help because when he was in Anaheim, he was on the line with Corey Perry, who was one of the better goal scorers of our generation, and 
centered by Ryan Getzlaff, who, outside of Joe Thornton, there's a pretty good argument he was probably one of the best playmaking centers in the league. And I think that was very tough because, as I said earlier, you would see Bobby Ryan in Anaheim where he would get 30 goals every year and he comes to Ottawa and that's... Fans were expecting that. Fans were expecting 30-goal seasons night in and night and year after year. They were expecting to get 60 points every year. And we never got that. And that was always the thing that was a real sticking point for the fans. Was that, why is it that Bobby Ryan could do this in Anaheim, but not do it here? Well, one of the things I think was really tough is uh, the Senators' situation at center it went from being pretty strong, where you had uh, Spezza, Turris, and Zibanejad, and then just kind of, it continued to fall off a bit. So you never really had that star number one center until Duchesne, other than maybe a season with Duchesne, but then the wheels came off the bus that season. So... I feel the next thing we need to talk about when talking about Bobby Ryan's tenure in Ottawa is the buyout itself. Because this is one that when I first heard that the Ottawa Senators were buying Bobby Ryan out, it honestly left me scratching my head. Because when I was thinking about this, my first thought was, this doesn't make any sense. Bobby Ryan has one year left on his contract. How come they're not letting this ride it out? And then I started looking into it. He had two years left. And still, it, to me, I understand the fans will talk about they need to bring up a lot of the young guys, the Josh Norses, the Drake Bathersons, guys like that who are who looked very, very good in the American Hockey League and look like they're ready to make the jump. And so with Bobby Ryan being bought out, there's now a spot open. But at the same time, the Senators are what, $22, $23 million under the cap floor? Are you meaning to tell me Bobby Ryan at 7.25 couldn't have helped that a little bit? You mean to well, tell they me... they have no problem getting to the cap floor, though, because remember, we do have uh, Shabbat's new contract coming in. Uh, Brady Kachuk will be getting a new contract soon, so getting to the cap floor isn't a problem. Yeah, but the, the thing is, Tim, is that at the moment where we're standing, we have... Five players, maybe, that's signed for next year. Everybody else is an, an RFA. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't know. Like, that's the thing. If Bobby Ryan was here, Bobby Ryan could have helped that a bit. And I don't think it's an issue. But to me, and this is, but also, and this is where I'm also looking at it too, is that with Borvietsky leaving the team, Bobby Ryan would have been the most veteran guy on the team. He would have been the guy who the young guys could have looked up to and gone to him for advice. And now with him gone, who do they go to? They, they don't Probably have any... sign Ron Hainsey, unfortunately. But here's the thing. What if they don't sign Ron Hainsey? Who do they have? They they have no veterans in their system. Marion Gabrick. Every... Well, Gabrick's on Robodaw Island, though. He's not getting, <laughs> coming back, but... But you see where I'm going with this, Tim, is that honestly, they have no veterans on this team that can help out the young guys. Unless 
the team is looking to throw money around to bring in guys, which I think that's might be what they might be doing. Maybe they make some trades. But I look at Bobby Ryan, and yes, I don't think he's worth $7.25 million per year. But I do think that his leadership qualities, especially after everything he went through, could have been a big help for the young guys next season. Yeah, like, as far as, like, intangibles sort of stuff, it is kind of, like, it is hard. Um, but at the same time, I do wonder uh, how just fully important the veteran leadership is, especially because you do have some very strong and potential leaders on the team, like Brady Kachuk, like Thomas Shabbat. The only thing that you really have a knock against them is they haven't been there yet. And eventually you'll get there, right? It is true. It is true. But, I mean, you can look at the, the last couple of captains the Ottawa Senators have had, whether it was Daniel Alfredson, Jason Spezza, or Eric Carlson. It wasn't that these guys had all young guys around them that were all roughly the same age. Like, who did Carlson have who was his mentor leadership? It was Alfredson. Who did Spezza have? Well, look at the room he had around him. What did Alfredson have? Alfredson had a lot of veterans in the room too to help him. And this is where I feel that having a guy like a Bobby Ryan or a Boro could have helped a Dechuk or a Shabbat or whoever they end up naming captain. Fair enough. Although, uh, I do think that the Senators do have a lot of very strong people in the system that as much as losing a, like a veteran leader like Bobby Ryan does suck, that they'll be able to make up for it. And there is a bit of irony that if the Senators do keep on Ron Hainsey, they'll have someone from the team that beat the 2016-2017 Ottawa Senators. You know, I don't even really like thinking about that, to be honest with you, Tim. You know, to know that the team that ended up beating us three years ago is now the leader on this team. Yeah, it is a bit bizarre. Um, the other thing about veteran leadership is uh, it'll be interesting to see who comes on to the coaching staff as well. That is true. That is true. And I don't know who they would get in that coaching role. I mean, you, you can have a, a veteran that came into an assistant because there was a lot of talk that – Ron Hainsey would be a perfect candidate for that because if you were to watch Ron Hainsey in practice with the young guys, you can see him showing Shabbat and showing Bradstrom and showing these young defense, especially the young defensemen. Okay, when this happens, you do this. When this guy cuts here, you cut there to stop this. So that could be very helpful. But it's one thing when you're on the bench telling these guys that, it's another when you're a player on the ice showing them that. That's true. Although I guess, like, some people you could probably add, at least add that do have a bit more uh, history at the Senators, is you could look for a role for uh, Chris Kelly. True. Or even if you want to bring in, say, a Chris Neal. Or even if, I don't think Chris Phelps would want to be in a coaching position, he seems to be doing well with the the Sens' new charity. I think he's the head of the uh, charity right now. 
but I think that's not a bad idea to have a veteran guy come into the locker room as a coach to pass on that knowledge. They could always have Sean, Sean Donovan come down from uh, upstairs every so often to talk to him. So, Tim, earlier in this episode, you touched on the context of Bobby Ryan coming to Ottawa, and I feel like this is the next thing that we need to talk about because one thing that younger fans nowadays may not understand that the Ottawa Senators in 2012 and 2013, this was the real transitional period. This was the transitional period between the era where Daniel Alfredson was the captain, was the guy, was the Ottawa Senators, to Eric Carlson being the team, the guy. And as well, you're talking... There's so much to really look at it beforehand because you have in 2011 the team kind of out of nowhere bottoms out. And there's... Brian Murray basically fire sells the team. It is and true. And then in 2012 unexpected to most where this was thought to be 2012 was supposed 2011 2012 was supposed to be a rebuild season they make the playoffs and almost knock off the favorite the favorite to go deep in the playoffs the new york rangers in i think they pushed them to seven and it was hard fought seven they did because that was a series that i distinctly remember watching that series thinking like oh my god we might actually pull this off yeah so like 20 2012 2013 there were high high hopes uh, that was one of the, I think that was another year the Senators just missed, and uh, then it came out that Alfredson wasn't getting the the last full money year on his contract. Like this is where Melnick money woes really started to come up as well. So this is a transition year for the Senators in so many ways because a lot of the modern narratives are like the modern narratives as well as kind of the will they, won't they every year, senators of the mid-2010s, this is where they really start to emerge. So, Tim, the actual trade itself, uh, Bobby Ryan becoming an Ottawa senator happened on July 5th, 2013, when the senators sent Jakob Silverberg, Stefan Neuysen, and a first-round pick in, in 2014, which turned out to be Nick Ricci, to the Anaheim Ducks for Bobby Ryan. And this is where, for me... This is where I feel that the how big of an impact Bobby Ryan coming to Ottawa really was. Because you got to realize we were only a couple of years removed from the departure of Danny Heatley. And Danny Heatley, I don't think I need to go into detail about that guy. You know, back about 50 goal seasons, just a superstar on this team, and he wants out. And of course, Danny Heatley always has had his reasons to why and it's never been fully clear exactly why he wanted out and when we had Ian Mendez on he feels that as he as Ian Mendez mentioned that he feels Danny Heatley would be the first to say that he made a mistake leaving so you gotta realize when Danny Heatley left that left a permanent mark on the city of Ottawa and the Ottawa Senators a mark which I hate to say it still remains because the, the permanent mark is the big-name talent, the superstar players don't want to play in Ottawa. And this is when Bob, when Bobby Ryan came in, this was the first time in how many, probably three, four years, we had a big-name player. We had a guy who just came off four 30-goal seasons in Anaheim come to, the, to our team 
and not only want to be in Ottawa, but he fully embraced being in Ottawa. Yeah, and that, it was big. Although it's interesting with Danny Heatley is, uh, I feel like uh, for the first two or three years of that kind of mark that was left on the fan, it felt like a kind of a psychic mark. Like it was mostly in the fan base and the organization's heads. And then as kind of those melting money woes really started to come out, it became just a very much, it became very much a, I don't want to deal with that among players themselves. It's true, but I mean, you can you could argue that the Danny Heatley trade demand was the snowball effect, which then really started to gain momentum a few years later, as you're talking about with Melnick's money woes. And the context of Bobby Ryan coming to Ottawa, as you mentioned, Daniel Offertson left as a free agent in 2013, and so Brian Murray... As GM of the Senators, he knew he had to make a move to fill that void and to show that, hey, Alfredson's gone. That doesn't mean that I'm going to go out and I'm going to get somebody else to be equal production or so even so better than production than Alfredson, and that's when Bobby Ryan came in. Now, of course, that we can't forget that the money he saved with Alfredson walking out the door we made a very good signing with Clark MacArthur. That's very true. And actually, I screwed up the... Actually, no, 2012-2013, they did make the playoffs that year. I misspoke. They did. Yeah, that was the year they... Uh, with Mark Mathot. Yeah, because they beat uh, Montreal. With uh, Paul McLean winning the coach of the year that year. Yep, but, and uh, now he's an yes. assistant in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, but it's... Bobby Ryan really did come into a tough situation in Ottawa. He did. And the fun, and the thing is about Bobby Ryan is that in his first season in Ottawa, he actually put up decent numbers. In that first half, I remember right up until New Year's, I think he was just under 20 goals. I think he had 18 goals or something January 1st. And then a moment which I don't think a lot of people talk about when you talk about the decline in production of Bobby Ryan, I wonder, in as well as everything we talked about earlier, I wonder how much it was of a psychic blow to Bobby Ryan being snubbed for the Olympics. Especially being snubbed by a guy who drafted him and brought him into the NHL in Brian Burke. And then Berkey went on to say that Bobby Ryan couldn't even spell intense and Bobby Ryan took that very personally yeah it's really hard to say especially with all the other stuff that was probably going on in Bobby Ryan's life that just the additional stress of that yeah that'd probably get to anyone yeah and even though that is just uh Brian Burke being his usual dick of a self true but you know and I was I was thinking about that earlier today when I was putting the final touches on today's episode was that I was thinking about Bobby Ryan being stuck for the Olympics. Cause like I said, he had, I think 18 goals right up until team USA's team was announced for 2014. Bobby Ryan gets snubbed. And when put in that situation, oftentimes people go one of two ways. They either get pissed off and say, you know what? I'm going to show you that I can do this and I will do everything in my power to prove you wrong. 
Or they go the other way where they get in their heads, maybe they're right, maybe I can't do this. And in the second half of that season, Bobby Ryan only had five goals. And I often think, I wonder if Bobby Ryan took a right turn on that and it got to his head. Yeah, and what's really interesting about that year is the Ottawa Senators were only two wins behind the Detroit Red Wings with more goals. With a few more goals, Ottawa probably would have made the playoffs that year. So, and I feel that when talking about the context and the impact of Bobby Ryan coming to Ottawa, I think a, a couple of things really need to be brought up. Number one, when talking about his tenure that I didn't mention was that Bobby Ryan was always a team guy. He was always the first guy to stick up for teammates on the ice. And there was one moment in particular, and I think a lot of people don't realize in retrospect how big of a moment this was. The moment that everybody remembers, as we remember, when Patrick Seeloff hit Clark MacArthur in training camp. And that gave him a concussion that we were all convinced that was the end of Clark MacArthur's career. But if you watch the video of that hit, later on in that video, there's a fight between Seeloff and a player at center ice, and that player is Bobby Ryan. And you, and if you watch the video, you can hear, you can kind of hear Bobby saying, why the fuck would you do that? You can hear him absolutely screaming at Patrick, Patrick Seeloff as he's absolutely throwing haymakers at him. Yeah, and it's... Who knows what sort of career Clark MacArthur would have had, continued to have after that hit. And it's Bobby Ryan would honestly stick up. He was one of the first guys to come and uh, kind of right or wrong, so to speak, on the ice. Yeah, and apparently, um, I didn't see it on the video, but I remember reading something where after Bobby Ryan went after Seeloff, Chris Neal also went after him. So you have two guys that go after a young defenseman like that. I, I think Seahawks a defenseman. Uh, go yes. after a, a young defenseman like that who who honestly is just trying to make his mark, trying to make a team, and two of the veteran guys go after him for injuring a teammate. Yeah. Well, at the same time, though, it's like he's trying to make his mark, but there's a line and you can't cross it like that. No, you absolutely can't. And... And I know for myself, when talking about moments and training camps that really make a career, a lot of fans, especially ones of the Vancouver Canucks, will mention in, I think it was 1978, when Stan Smeal took a run at Harold Snaps. And that's usually a no-no. You don't go after a veteran in training camp. Snaps saw it completely different and says, you know what, that's what we need on this team. Go out there and just be yourself. And this is kind of a moment where I think Seeloff kind of had that mindset of, okay, I need to try and prove myself here. He just hit a guy who was vulnerable, and his career is pretty much finished. He had one oh. shot, and he blew it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because uh, if Pat Seeloff did that in a game and not practice, that would have been a lengthy suspension. So I guess the one other thing we can talk about this, and I've, I think we've mentioned this already, is that Bobby Ryan was a great guy off the ice. And like I said, many social media posts over the last several years 
was always regarding fan interactions with Bobby Ryan. But the one post I didn't talk about came from Senator's Collar guy, Gord Wilson, who posted a selfie of him and Bobby Ryan. I think they were doing a game in, uh, I think in Brooklyn. I think they were doing an Islanders game. And Gord was down by the ice, and Bobby Ryan skated by, and Gord took a selfie with him. <laughs> and I saw that, and I said, you know what? That's honestly very cool. To see a guy that even though, you know, he's focused in to play a game, he still takes the time to say, no, nah, this is pretty cool. Let's take a selfie. Yeah. Although, like, that is definitely one of the things that a lot of people do appreciate about Bobby Ryan is just that he is a pretty chill down earth guy. And one thing that uh, I think when we're talking about Bobby Ryan with the production off the sorry on the ice in terms of uh, very observable things like goals, goals assists, he wasn't always there. But uh, what's interesting is that in some of the later years, uh, the Senators were better with Bobby Ryan on the ice than they were without him on the ice. Like they were getting more shots, they were getting better looks. But just the finishing ability just never seemed to translate. It's true. It's true. But the one thing I will always remember Bobby Ryan is that Bobby Ryan, whenever, say, the Senators set up for a play, like they're in the offensive zone, and you see the two defensemen on the blue line, left and right wingers are on those boards, and the middle and the center's in the middle. Bobby Ryan was a guy, as soon as the puck came to him, he tried to, try to make a move with his hands, trying to get something going. And I would always infuriate me that his first reaction was to do that and not to try and get a shot off. And maybe I'm just one of these guys that when I saw Bobby Ryan, because Bobby Ryan had a cannon of a shot. It wasn't that he had a weak shot. It was that Bobby Ryan, as soon as he got the puck, he just kind of looked like he was coasting with the puck standing still. And that was a criticism for a couple of years, even doing this podcast. If you go back and listen to some of our older episodes, what was the one thing I always mentioned? I think there was a lot of shoot the damn puck. Shoot the damn puck. It was always, don't quit bothering, pass the puck, move around, try and get a shot off. And that's what Bobby Ryan was one of the main guys that I always criticized him for, was that in that situation, he stood still, he just never did anything. He never got a shot off. He tried anytime he tried to pass, either tipped out of the zone, it was a bad pass, whatever. And that was always very infuriating for me as a fan. Yeah. I kinda get why he would do that, but yeah, the dude's got an awesome shot. I would love to see him use it. I guess the one thing is is coming back to the bio. I think I agree with it. It feels a bit callous to say I kind of wish they did it a bit earlier given uh what we got to see this season but it is there it's a roster spot that we do want to get as many young guys in through the system as possible and part of me also wants to see bobby ryan to get a chance to chase the cup so i think this works for bobby ryan as well and there's a lot of teams where i think bobby ryan could easily fit in uh Edmonton comes to the top of my mind. There's actually been a lot of talk about Philadelphia, given that he is from the area. And actually, one thing that we didn't mention when talking about the buyout itself is that especially 
recently with Bobby Ryan beating his demons. And when he came back, he was a much more energetic player. And he played so much better than he had in the past. He goes out, he wins the Masterson, and three weeks later he gets bought out. And I was thinking about that. I was like, part of me... As I, as you mentioned, I do it is it does kind of make sense because you do want to bring a lot of the young guys up. Bobby Ryan can chase his dream of winning a cup, but at the same time, I understand that the Senators right now are not great at PR. This does not seem like a good PR move to make because you have a guy who the fans embraced when he came back. He won the Masterson Award, and the team says, no, you're out. We're buying you out. Yeah, it's definitely awkward timing, but I think from a team-building perspective, it is the right move. So I think we should move on and talk about something that, when I put up the initial tweet on our Twitter, at Third Line Plug, I mentioned... Because initially this was going to be a segment, or this was going to be for our discussion point segment that we were going to bring back to the Stanley Cup Finals episode. But the more that I thought about it, and the more that I molded over, the more that I realized it, this had to be its own thing. And this was something that I brought up on our Twitter, and I asked the peop- our listeners and I, people who follow us on Twitter, what will Bobby Ryan be best remembered for? And I said, leave your comments below, let us know. And there was a lot of very positive Bobby Ryan moments. And I feel this is very appropriate, so I think we should talk about our personal favorite Bobby Ryan moments. Now, and obviously some of these we've already mentioned. Like, there's a number of moments from the 2017 playoffs we mentioned. The Game 1 winner versus Pittsburgh. The Game 2 winner versus Boston. But one goal that never came up, and I'm actually very surprised this never came up at all, Tim. And it actually happened in the Pittsburgh series. Bobby Ryan, in Game 6 versus Pittsburgh, was clutch. That game-tying goal, I remember sitting at home watching that game when Pittsburgh went up one nothing. I thought, oh my god, they've got us. And Bobby Ryan tied it up. And this is a goal that I think has gone kind of unnoticed. It's been very overshadowed by the fact that Mike Hoffman scored the infamous off the post and in goal. Yeah, but the Sens don't get to that point without the Bobby Ryan goal. True. And, you know, and I was thinking about, like, the 2017 playoffs, and I was trying to think, like, because there were some moments that I think of a Bobby Ryan, I, there, there's a few moments. Obviously, the ones we've already mentioned. The Game 6 one, I always remember. But there was a goal in Game 1 versus Boston where, basically, he deked around all the Bruins defensemen, was in the slot, came all the way around the other side of the net, and potted it. And I always remember that because I was at work when this happened. Uh, me and my boss, we were carrying a table into the... What were we doing? I think we were carrying a table into the student center coffee shop in our building and the game was on i'm carrying the i'm carrying the table i'm watching it susie scored i was like yeah and of course like i was carrying it with two hands and now i'm carrying it with one hand because my fist went up in the air because i'm so happy he scored yeah i have to admit i didn't i wish i got to watch more of that 
Ottawa Boston series because I was in Seattle for most of it. And uh, it's not the Bobby Ryan moment per se, but uh, one of my favorite moments about Bobby Ryan was uh, game two. Bobby Ryan had. Oh, sorry. This is Dion. No, Bobby Ryan has that clutch overtime game winner. And it's not game two. I believe it's game. Is it game three? Yeah, game three. That's right. Okay. Yeah, sorry. It would have been game three because uh, games one and two, we were in Ottawa. That's right. Yeah. And uh, it's just very. Very beautiful move to take it over time, and uh, I met. I was up on convention floor in Seattle all pretty much the whole day, and but uh, going back to the hotel for dinner, I managed to catch highlights of the goal. And uh, we went back to the convention center that night, and uh, I was wearing, I was out of costume, and I was wearing my senator shirt. And there's a guy coming down the escalator as we're coming up, and he's like, "Hell yeah, Bobby Ryan!" And then we stop in the middle of the flight and start talking uh, and just about, well, mostly screw Boston, but <laughs> it was just amazing that got to be hype about Bobby Ryan just in the middle of an anime convention. And Diopano too, actually, but this is the Bobby Ryan episode. <laughs> That's true. And, you know, game two in Ottawa... I remember I was at my aunt's watching the third period because that was a game where I legitimately thought we were going to lose because I think we were down 2-1 or I think we were down like by two goals and that was the the one where Eric Carlson on one foot, mind you, took the puck, went around the ice and found Derek Brassard just sitting right next to Tugarask to tie it up. Yeah. And then Dion Phaneuf with the game-winning slapper. So I'm going to talk a little bit about my favorite Bobby Ryan moments that aren't included in the 2017 playoffs. And there's a few goals that, for me personally, I think are very noted to mention. One of them that I, going back to our tweet on our Twitter page, one goal I'm surprised that never got brought up. Do you recall there was a home game versus LA in 2014 where I believe it was Jared Cowan chipped the puck around the ice, Bobby Ryan, or somebody chipped the puck to Bobby Ryan, and Bobby Ryan went from coast to coast and had a toe drag on the Kings defenseman, deked Jonathan Quick around, and slid it home. Was this during the Hamburglar run? It was, or... it was this year, it was the year of the Hamburglar run, it was just before that. Right. It was in December 2014, and I remember it was a highlight reel goal, and it was one that I, Chris Cuthbert had a great call for. And that was one that I think has actually kind of gone a little forgotten because that was a goal. It was like we were watching Bobby Ryan in Anaheim all over again. Because he just went from coast to coast. He deked out the Kings and he scored. Yeah. And that's definitely what I'm going to have to look up again because that sounds awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely have to show it. I'll have to send it to you once we're done this episode. Now, there's one more goal that I need to talk about. And this is one that I actually got to experience live. So for Oh my god. So for a lot of our listeners, if you've been listening for a couple of years now, you know that I attended the outdoor game in Ottawa. The goal that I remember of Bobby Ryan the most 
was late in the third period. Jonathan Duran took the puck from the behind the net. He skated just before he got to the blue line. Bobby Ryan stripped him of the puck. And I remember watching this live. And I remember Bobby Ryan stopped, took off because he realized he had the puck and he scored. And I was in the middle of like 35,000 people however they at the game. And I was screaming, yeah, Bobby Ryan, baby. And all the Montreal, and I was sitting around Montreal fans, and they're all staring at me like, oh, God. Really? Well, if I remember correctly, that was the icebreaker. That was the one that uh, sealed it for Ottawa right there, because we were leading one to nothing. Pajot had scored in the second period, and then after a while, like fans were on pins and needles because we had a one-goal game. And Bobby Ryan scored to make it 2 nothing, and that's what ended up for Montreal right there. And then I believe Tom Pyatt ended up burying the empty netter in like the last couple of seconds or whatever the game. But for me, live, that was the one goal and the one moment of the NHL 100 Classic that will always stick out in my mind. Outside of being cold. <laughs> I told you to bring a coat. Look, we're not having this conversation again, Tim. I'm just going to go right there. You're not my mother. Now, of course, when talking about favorite Bobby Ryan moments, I think I know one that you and I are going to mention. And it's the most recent moment of Bobby Ryan we have. His hat trick in his first game back versus Vancouver. Well, that was a season-making moment, honestly. Like, I think that might, I would arguably say, is the most significant moment of the 2019-2020 season for Ottawa Senators fans other than maybe the last goal of the season where we clinched second to last in the NHL although that co- the COVID game was weird yeah the COVID game was weird because and, and we even mentioned it in our last episode of our third season was that you can tell by halfway through the second period even before that that this was it the season was done because the night before and even then that night all of the other sports leagues that were still playing at that time shut down basketball shut down baseball was in spring training they shut down and now the nhl shut down but before we got to that game or even that kind of covid weirdness the ottawa senators played in Vancouver and Bobby Ryan just was it Vancouver game damn now I'm forgetting <laughs> which one the one where you had a hat trick the hat trick game yeah. no we were at home we were at home right yeah because that was a that was a game where I remember right before the Bobby Ryan's first goal Jamie McLennan had mentioned on the telecast that somebody had suggested that he put maple syrup on noodles right Right, they were playing Vancouver. Yeah. And, yeah, Bobby Ryan, he was actually, in that game, he had the hat-trick, and he was actually just an assist away from the Bobby, sorry, the Gordie Howe hat-trick. Did he have a fight in that game? He fought Chris Tanev at the end of the first. Man, that would have been just an awesome way, awesome way to go out. Oh, yeah. Fifth career hat-trick, get a Gordie Howe hat-trick in there. It's making a statement. True. So, do you have any personal favorite Bobby Ryan moments that we haven't mentioned yet, Tim? No. uh, 
I think we've kind of covered them all. Okay. The thing is, Tim, with all of the positive things that we've been talking about Bobby Ryan in this episode, we do got to switch gears here and talk about the sticking point for a lot of fans, and that was the criticism of Bobby Ryan, the player. And I think this is pretty obvious. The number one, his anchor contract. The contract, the seven-year, $50.75 million contract, the contract that was deemed absolutely unmovable. That was always a big sticking point for the fans. And this is one that I think I even mentioned it on the show in the past, Tim. I often wonder if the criticism of Bobby Ryan's play would have been that intense if Bobby Ryan was only making 3 to $4 million a year. You know... In some ways, I doubt the criticism would be that bad if he was only making two to th- like uh, three to four mil. But at the same time, the context around Bobby Ryan was always going to lend itself to that sort of criticism. But yeah, that contract, I get why Ryan Murray put it to a show me contract, but I think that was too long for show me. <laughs> it was, and of course, you know, when talking about and this is another thing, talking about Bobby. Ryan, but also talking about Brian Murray in his final years as Sens GM. You know, no GM bats a thousand. Brian Murray in Ottawa was no exception. You know, and this is something that I don't think we've ever talked about on the show. The name of our show, Third Line Plug Soundscast. Bobby Ryan was partly inspired, or was partly the inspiration for the name. Third line Although plug. it was more Colin Green. It was Colin Green because Colin Green got paid $4 million bucks per year. But here's the thing, Tim. Initially, we've talked about... We should call it $3 million plug. And I said that doesn't make any sense because Colin Green got paid $4 million. But the more that I thought about it, the more I thought, well, what about the guys on the team who are getting paid all this money who aren't living up to it? Your Curtis Lazars. Your Colin Greenings. And your Bobby Ryans. So it's those kind of players we took inspiration for and we changed the name to Third Line Plug. Even though Bobby Ryan was not a third liner. Yeah. Well, as his career in Ottawa continued, he did end up eventually basically playing third line minutes. Very true. Very true. Another sticky point for the fans, of course, as we've mentioned several times in this episode... His on-ice production never being up to the level of the contract he was given. And also, as I mentioned earlier this episode too, Tim, was that another big sticking point was that we rarely saw Bobby Ryan's true talent come to light. We saw flashes of it, but we never saw it consistently. Yeah, and I think that was... Probably what made Bobby Ryan such a frustrating player at times is because he knew it was there, and he knew you could bring, he could bring it when he wanted to, and all the pieces were together. But it was just it would be there one game, not there the next, and that was just really it with Bobby Ryan. So, when talking about fan criticism, Tim, outside of what I mentioned, can you think of any other things that I haven't mentioned already that we should include? in this part of the episode? No, I think the big main criticisms of Bobby Ryan were 
outside of getting injured all the time, uh, we had, it was the contract and it was the inconsistency. So now we've come to the final thing that we need to talk about in today's episode. As I mentioned earlier, initially this was going to be part of discussion point. And as I said, like we couldn't do it justice in five to six minutes because we knew how complicated, we knew how layered Bobby Ryan as a person and as a player and the tenure in Ottawa was. And initially the question was going to be asked in discussion point, what will Bobby Ryan's ultimate legacy be as an Ottawa center? So I'm going to let you take the floor here, Tim. And I'm going to ask you, what will Bobby Ryan's ultimate legacy as an Ottawa senator be? You know, I think with time, we will forget the fan criticisms and remember Bobby Ryan's on-ice contributions when he had it all together. And we'll remember him being part of the community. I think that will be Bobby Ryan's legacy as an Ottawa senator and who knows, maybe he comes back as part of the coaching staff. Because I think time has a funny way of of healing wounds. We, we saw it with Alexei Yashin when he came back to the fan game. Uh, we saw it with that people are thinking it's time to heal the wound with Danny Heatley. We saw it with Ray Emery. We saw it with Ray Emery. I think uh, time will heal, and I think time's already healed a lot of the wounds for Bobby Ryan, and uh, we'll probably see the last of those like the criticisms kind of melt away when you look at when Bobby Ryan was his best, the senators were at their best. And it'll be kind of hard to ignore that. It will. So for me, I feel that Bobby Ryan's ultimate legacy as an Ottawa Senator is going to be of someone whose journey over seven years came full circle. Because it started off with everything going for him to where he sunk to a point where he hit rock bottom. And then he worked his way back, redeeming himself in the process with everybody on his side when he scored that hat trick in Ottawa against Vancouver. Yeah, I couldn't disagree. And I think it's just going to be, I think, when sense fans look back on Bobby Ryan five, ten years from now, it will be a happy thought. So in closing, Tim, I think the best thing we should do is to give Bobby Ryan some parting words. And all I'm going to say is, Bobby, thank you so much for everything that you did for this franchise. We apologize for all the negative things we ever said to you and about you. And we hope that now that you're a free agent and now you can go wherever, that you end up being a Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, I hope the rest of his career is fruitful and he can play for at least 32, 33 now, hopefully a few more years, and uh, help a team cross the line. I'll be watching. I will be too. So, Tim, do you have any final comments you want to make on today's episode before we head off into the close? All is said, I'm very excited for the future Senators teams to come to. There is a ton and I need a ton of exciting young talent coming and uh, the more spots for them to prove themselves, the better. 
I'm going to miss Bobby Ryan, but I'm looking forward to the future of this Ottawa Senators team. Me too. And, you know, I feel that the final, the great final thing that Bobby Ryan did for this franchise, if you had seen Ian Mendez's tweet on Twitter, where Ian Mendez was able to connect with Bobby Ryan after the news he got bought out, and he went out with total class, thanking the fans, and the best thing he said was when you talk about the young guys coming up, the comments that he, the comment he made, and I feel this is the best thing to go out on, please embrace these young players. Every kid in that room is talented, hardworking, eager to get better, and they will reward the lean times twice over. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to the special edition of the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I hope you've enjoyed it because, believe me, Tim and I love recording it for you. We're on the National Podcast Network. You can find our page on nationalpodcast.network where you can find our links to iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. We're also on Twitter. At Third Line Plug is our Twitter handle. Tim is at M901 Honey Badger. I'm at Great White Gipster, GR8, WYTE Gipster. If you'd like to shoot us an email to talk about the final days, and the ultimate legacy of Bobby Ryan, she was an email, thirdlineplugsensecast at gmail.com. Until next time, guys, I am your host, Taylor Gibson. And this has been Tim Jensen. Thank you, Bobby. Go Sens, guys.